In a dark room, a fatal blow to the head, the victim keels over. With their last remaining strength, they write a word in blood. Is it a clue to the murder? Is it a hint at the motive? No. It's Dying Message, the detective anime mystery podcast. Welcome everyone to Dying Message, where each week we watch detective anime along with a mystery guest. Today's case, Detective Academy Q, Episode 1, Awaken World's Greatest Detective. I'm your lead investigator, Noah Max Levine, giving you my full name to show I have nothing to hide and no one needs to look into where I went last Tuesday in the middle of the night. Joining me is our resident anime expert, Michael Savitsky. Hello. Hey Mike, what have you got for us today? Well, it occurred to me uh, that we made an entire preview episode without explaining what anime and manga were, which is pretty important. Well, yeah, because we kind of take that stuff for granted. We did do the preview episode, talked a bit about what we're doing here. What, what, are, what is anime? What is manga? Well, it's real simple. Uh, anime is Japanese animation. It's literally the word animation, uh, but cut short, anime. Uh, it has a certain like genre association here in America as you know things that are like styled yeah. as Japanese animation, but it's just the Japanese word for animation. And manga is the same. It's uh, the Japanese word for comics. So Japanese comics, Japanese cartoons. So, right. Any animated cartoon that comes from Japan is anime and any comic is manga. Well, so in Japan, if they say anime, they mean just cartoons. That's what it means. And it's here in America where anime specifically means Japanese cartoons. So yeah. it's like a, a word reappropriation. And sometimes people use anime and manga interchangeably. Um, if you caught it at the preview episode, I used an- the word anime to refer to our podcast by accident. <laughs> Are we animated? <laughs> no, we're a podcast. Uh, the other thing we covered in the preview is what, what makes you our resident anime expert, because that's just a title I made up for you. But uh, I'll cover that for people that didn't catch the preview. You live here. I live here. And you've watched a lot of anime. And I've watched a lot of anime. So you're the resident anime expert. That's how it works. <laughs> and you you do uh-huh. seem to know a lot of things about anime. Or pretend to know. No, I, I do. I do. <laughs> I'm really excited for our first guest. Um, this is our first episode. I think we've made that clear. Our mystery guest this episode is a very funny person. She was a teammate of mine on two Shakespearean improv teams. And one time she solved the mystery of whether or not bangs would be a good idea for her. It's Katie Swerko. Hello. Welcome. Hi. Really excited to have you here to talk about this anime. So the the interesting thing is, though we live in the same city, we are recording this at a distance. Yes. And two different parts of the city, too. South Philadelphia and West Philadelphia. Yes. We're also recording this at a time when, when people's lives have been unusual. Uh, so how, how have you been? What, what kind of stuff have you been up to? Um, I'm doing... I think I'm doing okay for the most part. I've just been trying to be as calm as possible. And one of the things I've been doing to like kind of uh, put my energy somewhere else that isn't my brain is I've been making uh, ornaments for people. And my dad gave me a handful of home movies that he digitized. So I've been watching those and like going through them to see if there's any like fun, cute clips. And there are a lot of them. That's really neat. And, you know, it's, it's kind of similar for us. We started a podcast. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's, you know, around May 2020. So in, if someone's listening to this far in the future, uh, that's why we're all all shut up in our homes. But we're not talking about that too much. We're talking about mystery anime. So 
I know some of your interests. I know you've seen a lot of musicals and mm-hmm. you and Disney and uh, New Orleans. Those were the three topics when you had a birthday trivia contest. <laughs> yes, that is very true. That is very true. Uh, what What is your consumption of like mystery shows, detective shows, just in general? Um, my consumption of mystery shows and detective shows has been, I would say, low. Not because I don't like them. It's just that I'm very selective in how I consume mystery shows, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, like where my, my parents love like shows like Blue Bloods and NCIS, where it's like every episode is a different mystery or like a different yeah. thing to solve. Like I tend to gravitate towards like specific ones. Like I, I like plowed through True Detective when it was good. You know what I mean? Like, I like I like those shows because it makes your brain work in a very specific way. I like putting things together. What about, like, uh, books, other forms of media? Um, mystery books, again, very selective about them. Like, yeah. my, my Aunt Chris would devour mystery books. But I've read a couple of the James Patterson, like, Alex Cross books. Um, I read... I mean, I devoured Gone Girl just like everybody else did. So it's, I tend to gravitate towards either fantasy books or books about sad families. So <laughs> normally there's a mystery involved in some in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, yeah. The, the Harry Potter often had mystery subplots. Yeah, it, it, like he had to solve something or obtain something, you know. The first, the end of the first book, when they're going through the trials to get to the Sorcerer's Stone, is like a bunch of a bunch of pu- puzzles and stuff. And then, like, also trying to figure out who was trying to get the Sorcerer's Stone was a mini mystery in of itself. I could imagine all of those things happening in an anime, actually. Yeah, well, they they walk an interesting line in Harry Potter because the mystery elements can be magical, but not come off completely insane. Whereas right. there's actually an anime running this season, uh, The Case Files of Lord Ilmaloy II. And long story short, it's a detective show, but all the mysteries are just completely magic based. And whenever the solution, it's time for the solution, it's just a bunch of magic <laughs> nonsense that was oh something you could know or figure out. So it's like, it's the same formula, but it's all nonsense. Yeah. Oh, that does sound great, though. I, I, <laughs> I want to get at least an episode of it out. Yeah. Well, maybe if, uh, if we watch that, we could have you back. Oh, that'd be lovely. What about anime? Like, how much anime have you seen? None? Some? I would say I have a pretty decent grasp on anime. I wouldn't say that I'm a resident expert in any house that I'm <laughs> hanging out in. <laughs> but I think that I was a big Toonami kid as, like, in like middle school and elementary school. So I would go to my Bopsies a lot, which who was my grandmother. I'd go to her house a lot. And then I would just plop down in front of the TV and watch the, like that anime block on Cartoon Network for like the two hours that it was. I'm really into Yuri on Ice. I really want that to come <laughs> back. Um, I'm excited for Card Captors to come back to Netflix. I'm really excited for that. Yeah. They did a they did a follow up season very recently, uh, but they it, the manga's not done, so they cut off halfway through the story and left everybody hanging. Is this Card oh, no. Captors or Yuri? Uh, Card Captor Sakura. It's Ooh. it's like a follow up sequel. We we also just recently watched uh, B Stars, which is its whole which is a whole thing. Netflix it, is trying to sell us on that. <laughs> you honestly, we we started that sh- we started that show as a joke. 
and then I watched the whole season in a day. <laughs> My impression it, is that it's like furries that eat each other. Like, it, I don't, is that it's like Zootopia? But if Zootopia fucked, like that's what it <laughs> like that's what it is. It's like very, it's like it's like very horny, but also very captivating. It's it's weird and good. That's something we could check out. Certainly have access to Netflix. Noah, stop writing down uh, <laughs> Animals That Fuck podcast. <laughs> All right. Um, and then the last thing is, is putting those two things together. Before uh, you checked out the, this episode for our show today, had you seen anything that you would call like mystery anime or detective anime? I don't know if I have. I mean, pro- there have probably been, been mystery elements in the animes that I've watched, but I wouldn't say i can't think of any clear one that is like yes this is a mystery anime like the only one i could think of maybe is i can't remember the name but it it's the the one about the gambling high school like i feel like there are mystery oh. elements in that but it's not like a mystery show kakegurui yeah where they're all like hot and yeah gamble <laughs> wait is the main reason for you to watch anime is if it looks like they're all gonna fuck <laughs> no that honestly is not the reason that is not the reason, but nope. that that is a good descriptor for a lot of animes that like have my friends have shown me like oh they're hot and they do this thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i do think i watched the first season of that and there there's overlap in in the kind of like deductive element where they're like the gambling game they're playing has a mystery to solve and there's one person who's a really smart at solving it right but it's not like it's not a it's not like this where i bet right. you it's anime there's a mystery every episode or you there's a, like a couple episodes of a mystery through line you you watched one episode and now you you i think have figured out this entire show okay. <laughs> so let's yeah let's start talking about it we all watched that first episode of detective academy q mike can you remind us like what this what's the deal with this anime okay well uh it's jumping ahead a little bit in terms of plot but basically uh there's a group of kids and they're entering into high school and they learn about this detective high school which is a weirdly specific high school where you learn to be a detective that is not the kind of thing that exists (laughs) uh and they all go there and they ooh spoiler they all go there uh, and they solve mysteries and go to school together. I mean, we we had a forensics class in my high school uh, that was too. like an advanced chemistry class. And uh, one day I was in my regular chemistry class and they came in from the forensics class to apprehend our uh, chemistry teacher who ha- was the subject for the mystery that they were solving. They had like matched up her hair with the hair they had found at this fake crime scene and th- they took her away with a water gun. That's that's honestly a lot more uh, <laughs> interesting than what my forensics class in high school was. Uh, we all we watched all of my cousin Vinny for the ep- for the moment where Marissa Tomei can like disprove the car because of the tire tracks. She's, she's an expert witness. We watched the whole movie for that part. Oh, that's that's such a high school thing. Let's do it. Let's talk about this anime. Title is translated, and I've seen it in, as Detective Academy Q. I've also seen it translated as Detective School Q. In Japanese, it's Tante Gakuen Q. Uh, yes, and Gakuen High School. Uh, it doesn't directly translate to that, but that's what it's referring to. So, And Tante yeah. is detective. Yeah. Any idea what the Q means? Right, so the Q is like a little bit of play on words. Like, obviously, the main character's name is Q. 
and if you were writing that out uh like in english characters it'd be k-y-u-u but it sounds like the letter q and there's a lot of like wordplay with that in japan like uh for example there's the uh the novel 1q84 and that's because the letter or i'm sorry the number nine in japanese is pronounced as q uh so it's similar sort of play of just like swapping out the sound to sort of take away the meaning because every character in Japanese has meaning like in his in his name the character has meaning so it's like referencing him but like removing the meaning from his name and it's also the name of their class which we find out later oh yes uh, we'll find that out in a couple episodes and then that that leads directly into the theme song which is also playing off of the Q thing so Katie what did you think of this song I thought it was that like great anime theme song where like it's very like kind of beautiful but also doesn't make sense with the rest of the show like it doesn't make sense totally with the show but that also means it's great it's just sort of happy and hopeful and maybe a little bit about love i I was getting a little bit of a secret agent almost bond theme vibe from like one part of the melody but then it just gets so poppy it's like a miss it's mysterious at first so the song title is is make you make you make you <laughs> and we're delving we're delving deeper into the japanese wordplay here because we basically have make you the japanese word means labyrinth and then it's make you which is a meaningless m-e-i just the sound may and the letter q uh which actually is a way that they do this for a video game series there's a video game series uh we call it etrian odyssey here in, in america but in japan it's called seikaiju no make you and they write out make you the same way, M-E-I-Q. It's just like a fun way to change the sounds into something that looks marketable, I guess. And then the third part is just make you, the, the English words make you. And then they all sound the same. I mean, different things. Make you, make you, make you. So there's the opening in the anime, which is animated with the characters. And that's that's pretty fun. You know, they, there's also a lot of the letter Q on screen there. A lot of Qs. Definitely does a lot of like table setting, I think. Like it, like it shows you like who the care, like without giving anything away, it's like, oh, here are all the people that you should be getting familiar with. These are, this is the cast of characters. This is what the settings look like it. So that like your brain automatically goes like, oh, okay. Um, glasses, beanie boy and tall <laughs> humming man. Like, like oh, you're all the characters. yeah. Glasses, beanie boy, who does not appear in the pilot episode that we're talking about. Yeah. But he'll be there someday. He'll be there someday. <laughs> but then the the music video, which could because it's just also a song that you could buy on a CD. Uh, so it has its own music video that the, that the artist released and was on YouTube. Is basketball? Yeah, it, it like it's one of those things where it makes no sense, but in like a very perfect way. <laughs> but sure, I'll, I'll go on this journey with you of, of this song about like hope and friendship and you're playing basketball by yourself. Yeah. It gave me serious high school musical vibes. Well, right. Yeah. It's like it's this very cute poppy Japanese uh, singer who is like in starts off in like very like thuggish attire in front of a graffitoed wall dancing. And then we cut to like a gym basketball court in a school where they're all playing basketball and dancing. They're doing flips. They're also doing like highly choreographed J-pop moves. It is something else. Well, so what I found, what I was found interesting looking into it, this singer, uh, Kishimoto Hayama, Hayami? Yeah, Kishimoto Hayami. Uh, this is literally like her first single. They basically had like, like an audition contest, kind of like a low budget version of uh, those various audition shows on TV. And she was cast and this is, they, they like cast, they liked her because of her dance style. 
So they made this video to like showcase her dance style, which has nothing to do with what she's singing about. <laughs> it's cool. It's fun. Check it out. We posted it. We shared it to our Facebook page. You can find it there or, uh, you know, Google it on YouTube. That's not a, that's not a, a sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So once we get through the opening song, the very first thing that happens, it dumps us right into the the what seems to be the end of a mystery with the detective revealing the murder. But it's actually just uh, the main character, Q, watching a detective show on TV and getting interrupted by his mom, of all people. Mom yells at him. His mom is so tired. Like, that's, <laughs> that's my note. It's just like. I just think that Q is very precocious and his mom just does not have the tools to to uh, support him in the way that he needs. Well, like many like many Japanese protagonists' mothers, she is raising this annoying child alone. So you can imagine she's very tired. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he's exhausting. I mean, look at how this scene plays out. She's like, I need to go to the grocery store and get something for dinner. And he's like, no, 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 I got this. And she's like... Let me tell you what you need. And he's like, no, 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 no. Don't even tell me. And then he tells us, the audience, how he figured out what ingredient she needed. Well, this was weird to me because he figured out that she needed demi-glaze. Uh-huh. But she was making curry, he detected. Like, I've made curry. I've never needed demi-glaze. <laughs> so it's a very specific thing that she needed. Yeah. Was she making maybe making like omuraisu? Because that has like a demi-glaze, right? I I think that the conclusion was she was making curry, but I don't know. Maybe there's demi-glaze in Japanese curry. But if it's anything like my mom, you know, like we had a kind of a repertoire of meals that we would have regularly, Mm. which, which is no offense to all the mothers out there. It's like, you got to get something on the table. So if my mom pulled out like three ingredients, I'd probably know what was missing because we'd had that combination of things before. Yeah, right. Like same with my, same with my mom. Like she, you know, sometimes she went out of like her, box of recipes but i like you said like i could tell that like if my mom's pulling out like cornflakes and chicken she's probably making cornflake chicken you know (laughs) she's probably not having a bowl of cereal and feeding chicken to the dog yeah if she she pulled out chicken would you be able to like no mom i'll go grocery shopping because i figured out you need (laughs) cornflakes i I think my mom would be like you don't have money what How are you going? That's a good segue because the next part of the plot is about money. Right. The next thing you have to do is you have to walk down the street and you have to talk out loud and explain how you figured out what you needed and not pay attention to where you're going so that you bump into a guy who's just leaving a bank. Uh, And this old guy drops all of his money on the floor. And Q is very nice. He helps him pick it back up. But then they they get into a bit of a fight. He's mad. He thinks uh, Q stole his money, like, instantly. Yeah, I guess that's also the thing of, like, as someone like I don't really use paper money anymore, but if when <laughs> I do pull out paper money, I don't just walk around with a lot of it in my hands. Like just like, all right, I've got fifty bucks in my hands. Walk yeah, around. He had all of the notes just sprawled out there in his hand, walking onto the street, well, carrying I, his umbrella. If I recall, it was something in the order of uh, 20,000 yen, right? So that's like 200 bucks. He's just walking around splayed out in a fan. It wasn't 110,000? That would be too maybe, much? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. It was a lot of money. So it would make sense that he would be upset that some of it was missing. But still, I'm not trying to uh, victim blame here, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, fortunately, we meet our next character at this. Yeah, time. Q is kind of like doesn't have a solution. So our next our next character introduces herself and is like, "Hold up, I saw exactly what happens. 
And it's a pr- pretty good entrance for her with her pink hair and her blue, like, school. Is it a schoolgirl uniform? Yeah. Is that accurate? Yes. Yeah. So this is Miami yeah. Megami. Uh, she's in her junior high school uniform. Yeah. Uh, I, have, yeah. I would just like to point out that uh, we meet her in that classic way that animes treat women. <laughs> we meet her thighs before we meet her face. Oh, well, no. This was interesting. I went and tried to break down any meaning in, in characters' names. Q is obvious. Q, it's like... His, the character is like research and it's in a lot of these very detective-y words without going into that deep uh, meaning. But so Minami Megumi, Megumi just like a grace. So this is a very typical Japanese, she's a beautiful female character and that's one of her two traits mm-hmm. name. And then her last name, uh, breaks Minami, breaks into beautiful and south. So I'm like, <laughs> oh no, I don't, I don't know enough about Japanese naming conventions to be like, is that weird? But it really sounds like it's focused on her legs, like specifically. Yeah, she's got, she's graceful. She's got gorgeous gams. Her skirt, her skirt is pretty short. And all, a lot of the anime that I've watched, um, that's kind of a classic thing too, of just like women in very young looking clothes. But all of that, all that young looking clothes is like a, a stiff wind could like rip that skirt off. You know. <laughs> oh yeah, I've seen anime openings where they just like do the Marilyn Monroe. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like ooh, a butt, like just like, ooh. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately, we're not in like seeing the underwear territory here. Well, that was more of an '80s trope. The the literally the English words "panty shot" were used often. Yeah. For, like because you can see this character's panties. Yeah. But she enters and immediately introduces us to her special talent uh, because we are building a group of characters who each have a special talent uh, because she is able to recall exactly how much money he was holding and how much is missing now. Because she has a photographic memory. As as she'll explain in more detail. Yeah. And then but that doesn't explain where the missing note has gone. Did she watch? Maybe I missed this just because I was like taking notes and it was it was uh, I was uh sub not dubbed and did she watch him take the money out or she like watched the collision but in that moment she knew how much money there was yeah if she sees it once she always remembers it wow Um, that's cool also for the for the record photographic memory no (laughs) document cases of that being real not a real thing that people have it's a tv thing it's found in like like occasionally in very young children it's thought to be part of like their learning process and like how they take in information very quickly when they're young. No record of any adult exhibiting anything like it. So it's so important to so many TV shows and movies though. Exactly. Yeah. There's a whole children's book series based on that. It's a mystery (laughs) book series called Cam Jansen and she has a graphic memory. Uh, It's like an elementary school book series. Yeah. It's like a, like you're kind of, you figured out how to read, but like Harry Potter's just a little, a little out of your reach right now in terms of like length and depth your chapter book so, <laughs> so this is our this is our cam jansen walked onto the scene and then to find the missing money q just grabs the guy's umbrella and he's like you're stealing my umbrella but when he opens it up the the bill falls out and the guy is like i guess he eventually forgives them and he thanks them for helping him and they go to denny's yeah <laughs> well they go to the hot house or restaurant yeah, well, it's this it's this like Denny's style Japanese family restaurant. Uh, and Denny's is one of them that they have that's big. Uh, they have big boy there still. It's like it's a thing. But like, I don't think you bring someone there because you yelled at them and buy them ice cream. Yeah, I don't know if I was in Q's position. I don't know if I would go out to lunch with a man who threatened to beat me up and get me arrested by the cops. Right. It's a quick turnaround. 
it turns out that he's actually a jolly old man. Yeah, weird. Yeah, because the your first impression of this man is like he has every right to be upset because if his money was stolen, that sucks. But like your first impression of him is that he's like an asshole that like he is very angry and will kind of jump to conclusions very quickly. And then and then he does that that thing that characters always seem to do in movies, but it has never happened to me in real life. Okay, maybe once where they say order anything you want off the menu. But also they're like literally a Japanese equivalent of Denny's. So that's not like a big bold statement. It's like, you're going to get the moon over Miami. And Q's like, but I got to eat dinner. And he's like, no, 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 no. Your mom's food is your mom's food. You're here with us at the hot house restaurant. <laughs> you better, you better order something. <laughs> and they both order a choc- a chocolate parfait, which is like a chocolate sundae. It's a sundae. It's a sundae. They use the word Cho- parfait for a lot of things. A lot of desserts that are just piles of stuff. And the waitress goes through this whole speech of like, and let me repeat your order to you. Two chocolate parfaits. <laughs> yeah, you do that when an order is very complicated. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, let me see if I get this right. You both ordered the same thing and that's it? Okay. Cool. I'll, I'll read it to you twice just to make sure that we're all on the same page here. Uh, and then the man's like, you know what? I didn't get any food. This was nice. Uh, you two enjoy your parfaits. I'm gonna. I'm gone. And he leaves them alone. This is when they actually introduce themselves and give them names, and it's kind of awkward. Yeah, we do find out they're both uh, third years in junior high, which means they're graduating junior high and they have to go to high school. That's important for later. And then we have this like short interstitial scene. We see the old man uh, on a construction elevator that's going up slowly. And the, the the thing I made note of here is the music that was playing because it was kind of like sad, slow violin music. Well, he's looking at the ticket. So at the restaurant, we learned that he, the yes, money was so important. that he could go to his daughter's wedding and he's purchased the ticket. Why you need cash for that? You can't just use your ATM card. I don't know. It's 2003, Michael. It's 2003. But it's I, I can also understand that like if he's a person of a certain age, like there are people in my life who are around that age who will not pay with ca- credit cards or debit cards. Yeah. They will take out cash and pay with cash. So that kind of makes sense. Also, yeah. why is he at the construction site? That is, I don't think, ever answered. Yeah, he's like, he's gone back to work, but it's clearly going nighttime on us. Yeah, it's pretty late. But everyone else is still there. Well, it turns out. Yeah, it turns out everyone's still there. Um, and then, so we just, but we just see that for just a moment. We just see him riding up the elevator. And then we see the two, the two new friends walking down the street together. And this is when they explain everything to it. It's like, how'd you know there was money in the umbrella? Oh, well, he dropped it and it wasn't on the ground. There was nowhere else it could be. Um, and she's like, I've got a photographic memory. And Mega tells Q that she'd like to learn that kind of deduction. And he says, it's the first time a girl has ever said that to me. I'm also going to catch you for a second there. Because her, her full name is Megami. And... Q has already nicknamed her Megu with no honorific, which is something he does later in the episode too. And that's oh, very yeah. precocious and rude. So it, he's the kind of guy who like meets someone and immediately nicknames them and doesn't care about like society stuff. Yeah, that's something I didn't really pick up on. It does get specifically called out in the second episode, I noticed. We've watched through episode five. Whoops. <laughs> so they, they explain all that stuff to each other, whatever, whatever. But they're interrupted by someone standing on top of that construction thing we saw. But it, it's so far away, you just see the shadow and the like a flashlight waving uh, horizontally back and forth. Um, and they're like, let's go check it out. Um, and on the way, they just happen to bump into this guy on a bicycle. Yeah, it's like you were saying, Katie, like we saw we saw him in the opening. We know, we know, <laughs> we know he's going to be a character. Kind of part. 
And then they all get to the construction site and that's where they find bum, 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 dead body, the, the dead body of uh, the old man whose name was, I think, Nakajima laying there on the ground. And now we know he's fallen from very, very high up, but uh, Kintaro, our third main character who has been randomly bumped into, checks his heart rate to make sure he's dead because this man has fallen very far and there is no gore or misfiguration <laughs> of his body at all. That was two of my notes were... <laughs> this is a this is a um this is a chill like I would say this is probably an anime and uh aimed at like kids, probably like middle school kids, would you say? Like I don't think this is aimed at adults. Yeah, it's it's supposed to be for younger to yeah, like it's supposed yeah. to be for everyone. Rated you know, like T for teen, maybe. It's like wild that the first episode of this show that's like aimed at everyone <laughs> has like a pretty graphics like suicide in like right. seven minutes of the show <laughs> and then also his body fell from however the fuck high and his body's pristine <laughs> it looks like he took a nap and then died you think that would be a clue but no we've concluded it does seem within the within the logic of the show uh which is which is yeah minimizing gore that he has fallen from that height and we're to believe that's what happened they're like, they don't know what to do. But a woman appears and she's calling a police and she's followed by our other suspects. So this is when we get the meeting of the three suspects that we're going to have for this episode. And it's very convenient. Whenever this happens uh, in the in the detective anime I've watched, they always, even in the Japanese, give you a subtitle of like their name, their age, and their occupation. Sort so of like a suspect card. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, the, three, the first person that comes in is the designer, Kurihara Misao. Um, apologies on pronunciations. Um, and you know, she's like wearing her nice jacket. She's got glasses on. I remember in my notes, I refer to her as glasses woman. And yeah. it's the, the whole thing is that they, they do a really good job of setting up that you don't know if someone is involved, you don't know who yet because yeah. everyone just kind of appears out of nowhere. Yeah. She appears out of nowhere. And then the other two appear out of nowhere. The second one I think is, uh, there's the field supervisor, like the manager, Shinoda mm-hmm. Hitoshi, and he's he's pretty well put together. Mm-hmm. Just a generic guy. Yeah. Nothing remarkable about him. That's what I would say, too. Uh, and then the construction worker, Kizaki Masao. Who uh, is a weird punk guy. I would say almost, but not quite punk. He's like going for it. Maybe this is 2003 punk. Yeah, it almost felt like that, like, Justin Timberlake, early 2000s, like, bleach yellow blonde Mm -hmm. hair where it's like not quite punk it's not quite a bunch of things but it made sense for that time yeah and he has i think one visible earring i think what we're that we're building is he's like a he's a generic young idiot is basically yes the police do come uh with this detective that i imagine might be a, a reappear later on in the show and they're like well you know, you all saw him up there. He fell. It looks like a suicide. And Q is like, no. <laughs> Hold the presses. It can't be a suicide. The guy was so happy. He was going to his daughter's wedding. Which is also like, you barely know this person. Like, <laughs> If you want to de- del- delve deeper into like mental health stuff, like he could, a person could be depressed and also be happy that they're going to their daughter's wedding. You know, like feelings are complex. But it does sort of paint a picture like, why did he go to all this effort 
to go get the money and be bad right. about the money right. and then like just throw himself off a building. So it kind of makes sense. It, you would think they would like go up there to take a look. Uh, it, we instead we get like get a brief bickering between the three suspects, and and it turns out there's something suspicious about each of them. Yeah, they're all just screaming motives, like <laughs> screaming them, like in front of the cops. Like it's it's a quick and dirty way to like because often they will play these things out over multiple episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and be, when they when it happens in just one episode, it's like kaplunk. <laughs> And we're also meeting all these characters. So they're doing this stuff super quick. And uh, right. The the construction worker was arguing with the guy earlier. Um, the manager wanted to fire him because he thought he was old and was worried about his health. And the designer like, why is she even here? It's suspiciously late at night. And she says she needs to do some surveying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then this is where things uh, <laughs> spin spin off even further that they already have because Q can see like they don't believe that it's they're just going to rule it a suicide. They all have this perfect alibi because they all appeared together at the same time. And it takes there's this slow construction elevator that takes 10 minutes to get up and down from the crane. And they all appeared too soon after the guy jumped. So they couldn't have pushed him because five minutes after he fell, they wouldn't have been able to get down fast. They wouldn't have been able to get down fast enough. Yeah. So Q jumps on the elevator and presses the button on this very slow (laughs) elevator and nobody stops him. Uh, The cop is mad about it. He's very (laughs) mad about it. He doesn't do anything. He's mad at that like tired uncle way of just like, I don't know, kid, if you're going to get hurt, that's on you now. Like, I don't, I'm, my hands are clean. My hands are clean of this. We're led to believe it's 10 minutes that he's going up this slow elevator. and They're just all standing there on the ground. Well, to be fair, what, what are they going to do about it? Like, there were not, there's not multiple elevators. Call in the fire department. I don't know. That might. They got ladders. That would be the American response for that's sure. That's true. I don't know. Call his mom. No, we're not talking to the mom. <laughs> she's she's got too much. To, she, she's too tired. She's too tired. He's sitting at home waiting for de, her demi glaze, and it's it's dark. Now, it's Michael. dark now. He hasn't mentioned his mom since he uh, gave up on dinner and had that parfait. And then yeah, he he gets up to the top, and it turns out it is very dangerous up there because like he's he's just wobbling back and forth. His helmet flies right off. It's not safe. It's not a good idea. But he he sees a rope up there, and he's like. That's it. It's murder. And he's yelling all of this <laughs> down to people who can hear him very clearly from like how many stories up? <laughs> like four or five stories up. And they're like, ah, oh, yes, I totally understand you. It, it's so very, it's like that perfect anime thing of like, this rationally wouldn't make sense, but it makes total sense. They have no trouble having this conversation. No. And this is where we get his, uh, I guess it's his catchphrase. Oh, well, what was it? So he he always when he's going to tell us how how they done it, uh, he declares hint of futats, which is literally just two hints. There are two hints I have found. He always finds two hints, no matter what the, the murder <laughs> mystery is. There are two things he has found, and that's what he declares. And in this case, it's the, the the waving of the flashlight and the rope. Yeah, I, I I skipped over that before he went up. The supervisor made a comment about oh well, clearly he wanted to jump because he was waving the flashlight around towards the sky. Uh, and and Q gave him this look like, huh? huh? Why do you know that? I've spotted a cl- it's the I've spotted a clue look uh, for us. Yeah. And then he so he gets back down to the ground. I guess ten another ten minutes that his mom doesn't have demi glaze sauce. 
and he's like, well, I don't have any proof. And the police are like, that's too bad. And he's and he's like, give me more time. Give me more time. They just leave him there. Right. <laughs> so it's like he's very mad. and He's like, stop doing my job for me. But then the other two leave. Megami leaves. Kintaro leaves. They just let him stay. And it's dark and he's alone in the construction site poking around in the ground. Yeah, it's like they just left a kid to potentially like ruin a crime scene. <laughs> it's an active crime scene. It's an active crime scene, and he's just like, "Well, I'm just gonna <laughs> just touch everything." Now his fingerprints are on everything. It's a mostly a lot of dirt. I mean, he's looking around, and then we have like a brief scene, I think, with Megu and, and Kinta, where they're like, "Oh, I better go back and help him." Yes, Megumi is at the convenience store, and she's like, "Oh, I feel like crap." And then Kintaro's on his bike. He's like, "Oh, I feel like crap." Oh, okay. But the very first thing that happens when Megu shows up is he sees up her skirt. Oh yeah. She's like, I'll help, cause and cause he's on the ground and she's standing, and he's like, but I'll see up your skirt. This is this is interesting because, as you noted in the preview, the creator of this show slash manga created another detective show slash manga, uh, Kendaichi Case Files, and the protagonist in that show is also like kind of very lazy and not interested in anything other than detecting, like Q so far, and also a bit of a creep. Uh, in the way he treats his like main female protagonist friend. Right. So this is the one thing the writer knows how to write. Yeah, and it's also like the 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 look he gives to the audience <laughs> is just like I'm such a stinker look. Where it's, like, it's definitely played off as like we're supposed to find this charming that like he's talking about her underwear and that she gets upset and it's just like oh look at how look at these two little stinkers and it's like no yeah. actually it's very it's very gross like if like. If Noah, if I had just met you and I was like helping with something and then you're like, hey, but you know I'll be able to see your underwear. I'd be like, cool, this is goodbye. Like, this is over. Good luck on your crime. I feel like it, anime protagonists get a lot away with a lot of bad behavior. It's not just anime protagonists. I feel like Sherlock does that sort of thing too. I haven't watched that many episodes of it, but I feel like he's an asshole to people. Not in this like weird sexual way, but in other ways. And people are just like, oh, you're brilliant. It's okay. Oh yeah, it's the it's the asshole. The genius a genius has like kind of carte blanche to be an asshole because they're so good at what they do. So like this is just him, him being gross to to Megu is like a just a price of his whiz kidness. I will say like it has in the five episodes we've seen. I think pretty much exactly the same thing has happened one more time, but it's not it's not like nonstop. Yeah, that's good. That's a relief. It sucks that it happens, but it's not, it's it's nice that it's not like every episode he's like, well, let's talk about your ball. There are definitely anime like that. Oh, I'm sure. Yes. Um, so, but the, but they're all searching, for, they all end up searching for the, 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 what they're, the proof they're looking for in the dirt. And I don't know, do you remember like what you thought they were going to find? Because I was like, oh, maybe there was like a buckle or like a mechanical part to this rope or something. Yeah, that... I thought there'd be like a piece of the rope or something, which still isn't proof. Yeah, I thought it was going to be like something metallic, like a key or like a me- like Noah said, like a mechanical right. part or or like maybe a badge, like something that like you could that would take a bit to find, but would make sense given the area. But uh, but they are looking for this thing. And they're interrupted, as are we, in telling you what it was. Um, we see an, uh, just this shot of the designer walking around. And then someone sets up a, a hose 
a fire hose and blasts them with water. But it doesn't matter because he seems to have found the thing. And and I'm just going to say, this is yeah. some bad CG water, by the way. <laughs> like, nothing in I this show is CG but this water, and it's bad. <laughs> it's like Adobe Premiere 101, I learned how to use the particle effect mm-hmm. water. But it's okay because Q found the thing and like maybe I need a sound effect for us or like a music cue that we can play when when he's about to when we're about to solve cases in anime. Hold for music cue. It, it probably won't exist. So so Q's like, I found this thing. I know you're there. And he calls out the manager and he's like, I'm gonna tell you the thing. Does he say two does he say two hints again? Uh, no, he used the two hints line. He used that uh, already. What we what we do get is before we know it's the managers, we get what I call an anime shadow person. Yes, with glowy anime shadow like light glasses. So mm-hmm. he's just a shadow with like uh, white rectangles. So at this point, we we might be thinking it's the designer, but no, it's the manager, but with glasses. Who really was the only person that Q was shown to be visibly suspicious of when he was talking about waving the light around. And this was something actually I didn't understand until I saw it the second time. And it has to do with depth, I guess, because when you were looking from the ground, it did look like the light was just waving directly back and forth, but he was actually moving it in a circular motion, which is how he described it. And so Q was like, if you had seen it from the ground, you wouldn't have known it was in a circular motion. Oh, yeah. That uh, that was really confusing as yeah. a clue. Also, you know, something might have been lost in the subtitle description. Yeah, that's Who true. Um, and then the second thing was, how did he get down so quickly? It's that rope was a bungee cord. Uh, we get this incredible flashback of how he committed the murder. And and after he and, and after he's ready, he jumps, bungee jumps off of the roof and kind of like bounces down and gets down and to the ground. It's the best animated thing in this entire episode. It's yeah. this crazy action jump. And I'm like, I'm not a bungee cord expert <laughs> in any sense of the word, but like, I think there's a bitter, a bigger like pull, like pullback, right? Like if you jump, you're gonna. You're gonna bounce for a while. You're gonna bounce for a while and not just go like whoop, 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 like which is what happened in this. I would think people would see it if the bungee was a, like a real bungee. You'd bounce back up. Also, like to have bungeed so perfectly that he could cut the rope and be close enough to the ground that he can be that he can land. No, he safely. had it. He had an extra uh, length of rope that he used to get down from where he landed with the bungee down to the ground. And then he cut that and the whole thing just slingshotted and wrapped itself around the crane where Q found it. Yeah. Perfect. And no one else thought to look for it. Don't look up there. Don't look up there. But yeah. he reveals the final clue, the proof, which he has for the record scooped up in his bare hand and grabbed <laughs> and held on to, I imagine at least somewhat tightly. So it as admissible evidence, it's trash now. It's a contact lens. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, that was the reveal. I was like, that, that's what it was? <laughs> I work, I, I'm a person who wears contact lenses every day. And if I lose a contact lens, sometimes it could be like on, on my bed, like, because I take out my contacts and put them in like when I'm like getting out of bed. And it's like, if it's gone like on my nightstand, it's like, well, my contact had a good run. Like it's, it's contacts are so hard to find sometimes. Yeah. Because it's a small transparent disc. Yeah. And also if it's water, it'll fall apart. Yeah. 
I I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it's it's definitely not the best clue resolution of any of these shows. Well, especially we've because the reason he was so sure he would find it is because he noticed, and I don't know if this was actually portrayed earlier, right. but when he was filling out his statement, he was wincing, and this explains why he's wearing glasses now. Right. Aside he, from the fake out, is it the designer moment? It it showed him like with one eye kind of closed, and he was kind of squinting to do his signature. Um, yeah, and so he ca- he came back and he spent his whole night searching for a contact lens in the dirt. So that's he's got like, and they're like this. It'll have your DNA on it, and it'll prove you murdered him. And in my brain, I'm like, or it'll prove you work here. <laughs> right. I I do like the image of like someone bungee jumping and the contact lens just popping out of their eye and falling straight down onto the ground. <laughs> like that is very that I I don't know. I guess that makes sense to me, but the, recovering it is nonsense. Was he wincing because the contact was like not in his eye or was he wincing because like his, there's something like in the contact that was like hurting him. Well, so he was trying to fill out the form. So he was closing his uncorrected eye so he could see the form with his corrected eye is my impression. Okay. Yeah. And it was that kind of like selective flashback where they like zoomed in on a previous shot and were like, here's what you missed. Which is kind of, you know, it's like, okay, we maybe could have caught that. Um, now they get into a little bit of a fight because he pulls out a gun. Uh, is it D- not a knife? Oh, no, he pulls out a knife. Yeah, he's got a knife. He pulls out a knife. And this is finally when we actually learn Kinta- Kintaro's name. Because uh, he gets to, he like takes the knife out and does this anime introduction and tells us that he is trained in uh, kendo, judo, and karate. Well, so the way he introduces himself, and I didn't. Forgive me if there's a martial artist, uh, like expert who's listening to this, because yeah. I haven't researched it. But what he introduces himself as is a combination of kendo, judo, and karate tendon. Now I know tendon is a ranking and it's points, but I think the joke here is that because he's combining his ranks from three things, is that he's kind of shitty at all three of them, but combines them to sound like one good rank. I think that's the joke of his character. But generally, he's he thinks he's tough, but maybe he's not. So he manages to like get the guy's knife away, but the guy still starts to run away when he is stopped by glasses woman. <laughs> and this is another thing that is spoiled a bit by the opening. Um, she's in it. She was not. She was a fake suspect because uh, she reveals her real identity. Her real name is actually Katagiro Shino. Um, she and she tells her, she tells us that she is a teacher at DDS Don Detective School. And he's like, well, what's that? And yeah, so we have the, the, the detective, like, fanboy. Like, the only thing he cares about is mysteries. <laughs> and he doesn't know in the city that he lives in, there is a high school for detectives. He's missed that piece of information. But but the other two are, like, very clued in on it. Because they want to go. They already want to go. And, and Katie, do you remember, like, what the two pieces of information are that they give us on DDS? Uh, yes. Um, it's, the only, it's the only school in Japan where students can bear arms. <laughs> That's the very first thing they tell that she that Megu says when she's explaining about DDS, which is these are like early high school students. What? Yeah, and the, the DDS students often help police with very complex crimes, which again says a, a lot about the police force in this version of Tokyo. Like, yeah. Well, we've already had a grizzled police officer give like a 12 year old child like the run of his crime scene yeah i think i think we have to buy into the fact this is not 
actual Tokyo from actual Earth. This is Tokyo yeah. from a similar Earth where these kinds of things are accepted in society. The, yeah, the idea of, like, of Q, like, a precocious 14-year-old who loves crimes also being able to carry a gun. I think we can we can hint to our audience. They will remind us about that at least two more times in the next four episodes. Oh, um, my God. The yeah. uh, the other thing to note about the school is it's called Don Detective School because it was founded by Don Morihiko, who is a f- was a famous detective. He also uh, you you may have spotted him in the opening, but yeah, but that'll be important later. And he's like, "Well, how do you know all of this about the detective school?" And they're like, "In unison, because that's where I want to go." Uh, Megu and Kinta say in unison, and it turns out the entrance exam is next week. And not only that. But this woman has entry forms just on her person. <coughs> Enough for all. Carrying around loose pamphlets. <laughs> <laughs> While she's undercover, I, I skipped that part. The reason she was there is because the the oh we didn't we didn't really explain the motive or anything. We should probably do. Oh, that. we should probably go back to the mystery for a second. Okay, back we... to the mystery for a second. So uh, it turns out that the manager who was the murderer was embezzling money from the the higher ups at the company, and old man Nakajima had figured that out, and he was going to tell, uh, which is why he killed him. Meanwhile, uh, our detective designer school glasses lady character was uh, was hired to poke around and to figure out what's going on at the site because the owner of the company was suspicious wow the layers to this onion and then uh, we finally we we finally see the t- the tongue lashing he's gonna get when he gets home to his mom his mom who still has no name <laughs> this poor tired woman and she declares she hasn't eaten dinner there's no dinner for anyone it was my mom she would have eaten dinner and been like i threw yours out yeah, my my mom would have made dinner and made like done like that like very specific Catholic guilt thing of like, <laughs> well, I made my dinner and I wanted to eat with you, but uh, you made other choices and just like riding that and then she'd be like, well, you can figure out your own food. Like my mom, my parents would not not eat because I just didn't show come home. No, 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 no. She couldn't make dinner because she was waiting for the demi glaze sauce. No other I, food in the house. <laughs> God. He'll come home and then I'll make dinner. Yeah, there's no dinner for everyone. And it ends with him telling her that he's going to attend DDS and become the greatest detective. And she she has that. I think you nailed it, Katie. She has that tired mom look. Where she's like, okay, uh, all right. I just wanted my Demi Glaze. And I guess we're going to detective school. And she does not ask where he was at all. (laughs) No. Just mad that he was gone. Mom, I met a stranger and he took me out to dinner and then I found his dead body and then I went to the top of a crane and almost died uh, and then I solved a murder. All right, that's fine. I'm going to sleep. (laughs) No reaction. It's like in everything where a kid is the focal point, like Ash's mom isn't interesting because that's not the point of the show. Like in Pokemon, Ash's mom is not interesting. She just exists for because to exist to, to fill a role and that's it. Yeah, she's there to be she's home and make curry. She's mom. And then um I don't know, any thoughts on the closing song? I find myself often skipping closing songs in anime. They're like more slow. They're not as interestingly animated. You've just watched the show, you're like going to get a water or something. Yeah, I thought I thought it was fine. I mean, like my favorite 
closing anime song is the one from Yu Yu Hakusho. That's my favorite one. I will I will listen to that song every time at the end of the episode. Well, you watch Toonami, so that means you got the weird dub one. Song in the, English, right? Yes, and it's very good. What is the tall guy's name? Karate Karate Man. Kintaro. Kin, Kintaro. Um, does he have like a like a cool bara thing where he's like the beefiest fourteen year old in all of town? He is tall. But he's he's tall. incredibly tall, and he looks like he would be maybe like tw- in his twenties, like for normal standards. But anime standards, he could be twelve. Because, like, in Yu Hakusho, Kuwabara is, like, 14, but he sounds like a 30-year-old who smokes cigarettes. <laughs> I don't know. He he got the short end of the stick in this episode. I don't know if we've seen, like, an episode focused on him yet. Well, he's the muscle. I'd be very interested to find out more information on him, just to hear what his deal is. Maybe we'll learn more about him. I'm sure we will. That's something. Uh, that's something you all will have to keep listening to this podcast as we continue to go through um we're gonna keep watching this anime detective academy q next episode we're watching the second and third episode with uh another mystery guest let's let's take a step back definitely like this is something i i enjoyed the episode it's it's a little silly i like it we were inspired to watch more and then to start a podcast where we'd be talking about this and and other anime in the genre well i want to i want to butt in here for a second did either of you all stick around after the credits oh yes there's a six second clip. I'll, gi- I'll give you one guess of the characters from the opening. We didn't see who it is. Is it Glasses Beanie Boy and the tall person who wears all gray? It's the, it's the second one. It, the guy with the blue hair. Okay. It's our pretty Bishonen character. And yeah, we see him in a hotel in what appears to be New York City. And he answers the phone and he's just like, has a 1.5 second conversation where he's like, yeah. Uh, DDS, yeah, great. Bye. And this comes after the next week on there. There's always the next week on and what eclipse of what you'll see. So if you stuck through the closing song and you stuck through next week on, then you get the six second clip introducing a character. We definitely missed that the first time we watched. So yeah, big, big impressions. I thought it was really fun. I think that this is like a very good school. Like I just got home from school. I'm going to get a snack. And I'm going to sit down and watch the next episode of this show. Is it the best anime I've ever watched? No. But is it the worst anime I've ever watched? Absolutely not. It's like that fun, fluffy middle. Nothing makes sense and you forgive it because it's maybe fun along the way. Yeah. We're hoping there won't be too much continuity since we're bringing in a, a different people each time. But it is it does seem like the kind of thing like, yeah, you catch that episode on TV. You haven't seen it in a while. They're just solving another murder. Like you're, you, you know what's going on. Yeah, it's it's a, in the way it's like the murder mystery version of like Pokemon. Like I don't need to watch the whole season of Pokemon to understand what's happening in this episode. Ash and his friends are on another adventure, and that's great. Right, it's like you're watching Monk or Murder She Wrote. Exactly. Like, there's this weird character, exactly. and here's some uh, nice little cast of characters that we never met them before. We're never going to see them again, but they're here today, and maybe one of them murdered somebody. It is interesting because this is probably targeted at a younger audience than most murder mystery american shows i can think of um i mean there's some of them that are definitely like semi-appropriate it's fine it's like hallmarky violent uh i'll open it even further any any final thoughts before we call it a wrap i just want to see what what this gun-toting detective school is (laughs) like that's like what they said like i was like okay this show's fun this show's fun and then when they describe describe dds i was like okay what and how? 
and why. And I kind of want to keep watching so that like I can see what DDS is all about. You start to the next set of episodes, they'll be doing the exams and then they'll start at the school and you get you get all that kind of normal school stuff yeah, in a little bit. I think it's extra weird that this is a high school where kids can have guns because we're talking about Japan where guns are illegal. Right. Only cops have guns. Joe Schmo on the street does not have a gun right. in Japan. So they're just giving them to kids because they're in a high school. It's it's questionable. Uh, very questionable. And like, it kind of implies like you can't be a detective without a gun, which is like in some of the other animes we're going to watch, not the thing in Detective Conan. Well, because he also has... Uh, super, so many other gadgets. Super rocket shoes that fire a soccer ball okay. at the speed of a bullet. <laughs> we'll get there. So yeah, we did it. We covered our first episode. Katie, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. This was a blast. Such good insights. We will certainly ha- have to look out for how tired the mom is in the future. <laughs> Katie, do you have anything you want to plug? Um, I don't have anything personal to plug, but just to make it political for a second, like register to vote, please vote. Things are crazy and they always have been, but like vote, please. That's it. Yes. Hug your parents when it's safe, but not yet. And go vote, please. Unless you're listening to this in an era where it is safe to hug your parents. Right. Unless, unless it's unsafe to do so for some other reason we don't know about yet. Oh, Gosh, <laughs> let's not think about that. Well, maybe, maybe your parents have uh, replaced their ar- their human arms with bear arms, and that's just not safe. <laughs> it's not safe. So if you want to keep up with us, um, we're covering episodes two and three of Detective School Q next. That's where they'll all take their entrance exams to get into school. Uh, we're just getting started here with the podcast. So uh, please, you know, if you're enjoying the show, come out and support us. There's all those different ways you can do that. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, uh, subscribe and review wherever you got this podcast. I know as of recording, we're up on Stitcher, Podchaser, SoundCloud. There's more coming. Um, you can also leave us a note on social media. Uh, I'll give you our email address too. It's dyingmessagepodcast at gmail.com. And if you have thoughts on what we watched, maybe we missed like uh, something or there was just a, a thought you had that you want to share, um, send it in. We'll bring it up on a future podcast. There's a bit of a delay because we're recording these all at once, but definitely let us know. It's like you're sending a message to the future. But yeah, thank you so much for being here, both of you. And thank all of you for listening. Uh, It's just going to get more mysterious and wild as we go on. Uh, I think we're just about done. Oh, um, but Katie, whatever happened with the mystery of your bangs, was that a good idea for you? Uh, It was not a good idea for me, just with my hair texture and how my forehead is. um, I grew out my bangs and I, I cut my bangs and then I wore them for a while and then I grew them out and I haven't looked back since. I'm glad we solved that mystery. And that closes the case on this week's Dying Message, the Detective Anime Mystery Podcast. Episode 1, in which we deduce what our moms are making for dinner. Podcast cover art created by Miriam Bloom. Music excerpted from Solve That Damn Mystery by Jesse Spillane. Thank you again to our mystery guest, Katie Swerko. Coming up, will our heroes pass the DDS entrance exam? Is a cactus a viable murder suspect? Will Q's mom finally get a break? All that and more when we next examine the scene of the crime for that fatal note, the dying message. I did I did forget to say 
at least earlier in the episode, the mom was wearing uh, uh, an apron that said hot tea. Oh, I think that's, I, I didn't see that apron this episode. I think that's next episode. Is that next episode? Yeah, where she gets her weird milk apron. All right, hopefully I can cut this out.